Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Hey, New City. It's John Carlos here. I use he, him pronouns. I am in Marquette, Michigan. Coming in with Fabo and me, we climbed Sugarloaf Mountain and we thought we'd do the message in different places in Michigan. Uh, we're here on vacation, we're here to rest, we're here to uh, see where God shows up, see where God is moving in our lives. Um, today I want to talk to you about uh, something really important, something really essential for you and for me and the life that we want to live and in the community that we want to have and the things that we want to celebrate. Today I want to talk to you about joy. I want to talk to you about the secret to joy. Uh, I believe joy is the great equalizer. We live in a world full of so many inequities. We live in a world uh, where some people have more than others and not for good reasons or just reasons. We live in a world where um, oppression and empire um, seem to have the final word. But one of the things I discover here in nature, one of the things I discover here in Lake Superior is that joy is the great equalizer. Um, I remember years ago, I, I went to a party with a friend and uh, he was uh, going to a place downtown. I found out like a, uh, a huge, huge sky rise. Um, it was like the 70th floor um, and, and it was just going to be a, a, a small group of um, five to ten people at this party. And I was really excited, never really gone to a party like this. And uh, I get to the top and there is uh literally everything you can imagine like there is a breathtaking view of downtown minneapolis there is a um beautiful beautiful living room and kitchen even though there are only five to ten people um it, it, it had uh, catering from chipotle for like 30 people and i get there and everything is beautiful everything is fancy everything is amazing and again there's like four or five people and and i meet the host i meet the person who who owns this uh this apartment and it's it's just amazing and i remember near the middle of our time there i remember asking uh, my friend's friend i mean you must feel super proud of having receiving being blessed by this amazing apartment um and i i just never forgot the words that he said he said uh, no john this place is shit. this place is terrible um, if I had worked harder and had been more focused, I would be so much farther along the lines. This place is trash. And I remember witnessing this and thinking, you have beauty, glory, um, grace right in front of you. You have all these things and yet it seems you can't even enjoy it. It seems that you can't even experience it. It seems like you can't even embody it. Um, I've also had other moments, moments where I've met, I've gone to Puerto Rico after the hurricane and I've danced with people and I've ate and drank with people, people that um, had lost their home to a hurricane. And yet there was, there was a sparkle in their eye. There was a joy. There was a, a life that, that couldn't be compared, a life that couldn't be bought on Amazon, a life that couldn't be attained by a certain salary or pay adjustment. It was a joy. I believe joy is the great equalizer. You can have everything in the world and not have it, and you can possess nothing and be full of joy.
I want to talk to you about the secret to joy. Um, the Apostle Paul uh, has this beautiful line in the New Testament. He says, uh, having nothing but possessing everything. As if this lake, as if this place, as if this uh, planet, as if the trees and the forest and everything before us, as if the islands behind me was not something that I owned, but something that I possessed. I believe the secret to joy lies in this truth. But moreover, I think we experience that joy comes from a cycle of grace, right? We talk about receiving grace. We talk about naming grace and we talk about offering it to others. And we're going to look at what that means in just a second. Let's talk cycles. Grace is a cycle, right? And when we think about cycles, I think of nothing else than water cycles, specifically waterfalls. Now, if you had to explain waterfalls to an alien, how would you explain it? So what's a waterfall? Uh -huh, yeah, a waterfall is like a place, yeah, where water falls. Yeah. So rain. No, <laughs> no, not exactly. It's, it's, like, it's like rain, but like in one place. Just one place. Okay. Okay. I think I, I'm, 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 I think I get it. I, I think I see it. Um, so like it falls for what? Like how long does it fall for? Yeah. Uh, forever. It, it falls forever. Yeah. It just kind of keeps refilling. It's, it just kind of, it just doesn't, it just keeps falling forever. Yeah. Let's just, I'm going to go back to the original answer. It falls forever. I believe. The secret to joy is found in the secret of waterfalls. The reason waterfalls can keep running and running, the reason water can keep falling and falling with no need for anyone to refill it, it just does it itself, is because water follows a cycle all the time. When we're sleeping, when we're awake, water follows a cycle of evaporation, condensation, and precipitation. And, and that's the reason why rivers don't run dry and can fall over and over again. I believe something like that is available to us. If grace is like water, like we learned last week in Tyler's message, then, then what we discover is, is that grace has a cycle as well. A cycle of receiving, naming, and sharing with others. Receiving, naming, and sharing with others. And today I want to focus on that, that second one, on naming grace, naming the good in us, in others, um, and in the entire world around us. There's power in naming. But I think a lot of times, if I'm honest, I think you and I think that the joy is found <laughs> and not in the naming, but in the receiving. Um, I think a lot of times our culture says that joy is, is found in the having in the attaining, in the, in the uh, accumulating. Um, but I, I'm a human, I'm, I'm, I'm from the United States. Uh, I, I have attained lots of things and, and sometimes I haven't experienced joy. Um, I've, I've, I've gone to my door at home, found a package from Amazon um, and, and, and been like, what is this package? And then opened up and realized I ordered something I didn't need three or four days ago and had completely forgotten about it. Um, I've gotten, I've set goals. Uh, I've, I've wanted jobs and I've gotten them. I've, I've, I've wanted relationships and then it's gotten them. I've had lots of things. And yet sometimes I haven't experienced the joy of having those things. 
On the other hand, we think that if joy isn't found in having or receiving, then maybe joy will be found in, in giving, in offering, in serving, in sharing with others. And, and I, I'm, I'm sure part of that is true. But I've also found lots of people who help lots of others and are part of lots of causes, not experience joy for themselves. I've found lots of people uh, in our community, and I've experienced it myself, where I've given 50, 60, 70 hours a week for a cause I care about or for a community that I love, and yet I haven't experienced that joy. Why is it that we can have lots of things and not have joy? Why is it that we can give away lots of time and energy and not have lots of joy? The reason is because joy is the flow of grace, the felt experience of grace in our lives. We can have lots of grace and not feel that grace. We can have lots of grace and not notice, not name, not number the ways that God is good to us. Not notice, not name, not number the ways that we are good and full of goodness. Not notice, not number, not name the way we see good and grace everywhere. You see, if grace is water, then joy is a felt experience of water flowing all around you, all right? Uh, you can go to a beach uh, and not play in the water. You can, there's, there's a big difference between buying food and eating it. There's a big difference from uh, seeing the instruction manual and building something. Um, what I found is that ultimately joy is a byproduct of the cycle of grace, of not only receiving and offering, but also naming it, noticing it all around us. Today, I want us to look at a passage in scripture where we see God name the good all around her. Let's look at the passage, Genesis 1 verse 31. We see that God is finishing the work of creation. Um, we see Genesis 1, an incredible poem about what life in creation is like. And, and God ends by seeing all that God had made and calling it very good. The word good here is the word told. It's Hebrew word that means uh, good, that means uh, full of life, full of the potential of life, full of more and more and more life. Um, it, it's a word, um, you know, if you look at the, the phrase mazel tov, that word tov, tov, is the same Hebrew word. And what I love about this word is that this word isn't uh, the word perfect. It's not a word that says nothing can be added, nothing, uh, nothing can be improved. Actually, uh, even though God had just finished creating, God continues to create to this day. God is constantly um, creating, designing, um, and, and building just as you and I are, just as the world is constantly changing, just as the universe is constantly expanding. The word doesn't mean perfect. The word means good, full of, uh, of the grace, of the, of the mercy, of the kindness that we have been discussing. And I think one of the most important things, one of the most important practices that we as, uh, as, as Christ followers can have is the practice of naming the good. All throughout this passage, we see God every single day seeing what she had made and calling it told, calling it good. And so just a couple of observations here. The first thing is that um, God is calling things good 
that are not finished. God is calling things good that are not finished. This passage is at the end of a week. We see that as completion, but God doesn't wait till the very end to call it good. On the first day, God calls things good. On the second day, God calls things good. Making day and night, good. Making lands and sea, good. Right? So many times I feel like we... (laughs) We humans, we have this unhealthy standard for what good is, right? We, we are unwilling to call that creative project good until it's finished and published, right? Until everything is perfected, until everything is revised, right? We're, we're unwilling to show or to share it because it, we have this high, and I would argue, unhealthy standard of what good is. But God is able in the first day, before all the work is done, before all the work is finished, God is able to look at it and say, wow, this is good. Are there things in your life that are unfinished, that are not perfect, that are not all the way that they could be, ah, that are good, that are full of life and the potential of life that God is inviting you to name? God is inviting you to name as good. God calls the unfinished good. The next thing I see God call good, the next thing I see God name is uh, rest, inactivity, right? A lot of times uh, people in our country think that the only good things are work and achievement and progress and movement, but here at the seventh day, God blesses it and makes it holy. God calls this day holy. God calls this day good. There's an invitation for us to not just call activity and progress and creation and creativity and design good, like uh, not, not only to call protests and movement and causes good, but to call not doing anything good, to call resting good, to call taking a break good. God names the good even in inactivity. And the last thing I, I see God call good in this passage is God calls the ordinary good. Everything that we see in Genesis 1 is kind of basic. It's kind of normal it's kind of ordinary stuff day and night good uh land water good um animals here yeah good uh birds in the sky good plants good right these are not things that uh are exclusive to a specific class uh economically this is not these are not things that are exclusive to a specific community or culture group everyone has access to the good that god has made um, and so I think one of the things I've realized in my life is that joy is not a product of the good I have. Joy is a product of the good I name. And my one point for this entire message is the grace you name is the grace you'll know. The grace you name is the grace you know, right? We can receive grace and not feel it. We can give grace and not feel it. It's the grace that we name, that we number, that we notice, that we feel deep in our bones, deep in our bodies. So how do we live this out? How do we apply this in our lives? I believe there is a practice to naming things. I believe there is a practice to naming the good in us and around us. What are the things that you're naming? What are the things that you're noticing? What are the things that you're numbering in your life? If I'm honest, a lot of times the things that I name are the things that are missing. Um, I go to work and I think, what isn't done? 
Um, I look at my relationships and I say, what can be improved? Uh, I look at uh, the projects, the creative things that I'm doing, and I say, what's what's missing? And, and, and when you name what's missing, when you name the problems, when you name the gaps, 90% of the time, it can affect the joy or the lack of joy uh, that you experience. Now, one of the things I want to be really honest and really clear about is that uh, mental health is a real thing. Um, I know that I've struggled with depression. Uh, I know that I've struggled with managing my mental health. I believe that the kind of joy that I'm talking about is not something that um, you have uh, depending on your, 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 your mental health, but it's an opportunity for all of us to notice, right? The degrees of which is not something we need to feel guilty or shame about, um, but it's an opportunity for all of us to name the ways that God is working in our lives and the way that uh, there is good already in us. Um, what are the things that you're naming? What are the things that you're numbering? What are the things that you're noticing? What would it look like for you to name the good in you? Um, I, I remember recently talking with a friend um, and thinking a lot about um, the, the things that were missing, the things that were wrong, the things that were off. And, and there was this kind of idea that if X changed, if I had a job there or if I had uh, an opportunity there or if I was able to attain that, and then everything would be different. And, and I, I told that friend, no, keep pursuing, keep working toward your goal, keep doing those things. But one day you're going to get to that place. One day you're going to attain that goal. One day you're going to be at, at, at that company. And the practice of joy will be the same. The joy you experience is not a result of all the things that you have. The joy you experience is a result of the beauty, the goodness, and the grace that you name. I'll close with this. Um, I, I look at Genesis 1 and sometimes I ask myself, why the repetition? Why do we state the obvious? Sometimes when I, I hear about practices about gratitude, of listing the things that you're grateful for or, um, or, or, or thanking God for all the things around uh, around you. Sometimes I feel, I feel like it's trite, right? I feel like, oh God, thank you for food. Thank you for air. Thank you that I'm okay. Uh, and it, 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 it makes me feel like, uh, like I'm trying to force a feeling. That's not what naming is about. That's not what gratitude is about. Naming is a practice of calling out the good everywhere. Uh, I've had people in my life who help do that for me, who I talk to, and they can call out the good in me. They can call it the good in a situation, not in a toxic positivity way, but in a, in a truth speaking. I remember I was just speaking with Marisol, and we were talking about job and future and employment and um, career. And, and, and I remember just being really worried, just being just like, what am I going to do? Where do I want to go? What kind of career do I want to have? And I remember Marisol just saying, Jean, you're good at this. You're, you're, you're great at what you do. Whatever happens, you're going to be okay. And I remember hearing that from Marisol and thinking, oh, yeah, there's good in me. Sometimes we're so good at seeing the good in others, but we don't take a moment to see the good in us. Sometimes it's so easy to see and name the good in other people, but, but it's so much harder to see the goodness and the greatness that lies within us. Um, why do we name things? We name things for the same reasons we dance. 
Because it's one thing to hear a song. It's another thing to dance with it. We name things for the same reason that we sing. Because it's one thing to have a melody in you. And it's another thing to sing about it. Um, there is a joy that is not complete until it is expressed. There is a joy that is not complete until it is written and said. There is a joy that is not complete until it is danced and sung. Because we worship, not because we don't know who God is. We worship exactly because we do know who God is. And we have to celebrate. We, we celebrate pride as an opportunity to name the goodness and the grace already found in us. You and I have an opportunity to get really good at naming things. And if we as a community could do this well, right? If you and I as a community would be experts at naming grace, experts at naming goodness, then the people that came in contact with us would, would live encouraged lives. The people that came in contact with us would have new visions about the goodness that's found in them. The people that came in contact with us would know that in the midst of all the things that this world experiences, there is good and grace to be found. The grace that we name is the grace that we know. May you and I get great at naming it.